Janine will be at the back afterwards. She's got a great new worship album. She's been an incredible blessing over 20 years to this church. So we really need to support her, get behind her, and uh, you'll be blessed by the album as well. Uh, two quickly little things. One is that, as we've seen uh, on the announcements, that we're praying this week for the nation as the Raymer family churches throughout the country. And some of you can fast a little bit, some a little bit more, but praying and fasting will be a blessing this week. And uh, we've got a brochure that gives you some of the things that we need to pray for. Also this week on Wednesday, there's a march for South Africa and they've asked us to, to start it off with a prayer and uh, to pray and then they're gonna march down to the courthouses, but that'll be on Wednesday, and you're all welcome to come to that march. I'm continuing on the life of prayer. This is part four, and I've been talking and will continue today on the various kinds of prayer. And I said to you that it's the same as the sports. You have different kinds of rules that govern different kinds of sport. The Bible is quite emphatic and quite clear about the different kinds of prayer. And so I'm continuing with that today. Our text has been Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 from the Amplified, and it reads, Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer. Other translations talk about all kinds of prayer and entreaty to that end, keep alert, watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Now I had a nice pink tie on because we are here today, we're supposed to wear pink, but I took it off because it's very hot. But if you've got a pink shirt on, just keep it on, okay? (laughs) I'm going to start off talking about, first of all, the prayer of intercession. That's a prayer on behalf of others. It's a prayer that goes forth to God on behalf of others, for others. And that's why the root and the foundation of people that are intercessory prayer warriors, we call them, intercessory prayer people, is based in their love and compassion for others. It's got to have a foundation of love and compassion for others. And so uh, we'll see that this is the foundation for it. In Romans 5, verse 5, it reads, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we see that it's the love of God through the Holy Spirit that's poured out from us towards others that God would use you in this dimension. In Ezekiel 22, in the Old Testament, verse 30, it says, I sought for a person among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So God is looking, and particularly we believe at this time, looking for people that will stand in the gap that will stand in intercession for our country and for our nation. Now, the first account of this that really stands out is found in Genesis 18 
in the life of Abraham, verses 23 to 32. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Abraham answered and said, indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less. And he goes on. Suppose there were 40. Suppose there were 20. Suppose there were 10. And then it goes on and the Lord said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak, but once more suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. Now I believe if Abraham continued with God, he would have got down to one and God would have said, if I find one. Now you are not insignificant. You are in count in the eyes of God and if just you stand up if you just stand in the gap if you just begin to intercede on behalf of our nation on behalf of the church in the nation on behalf of the things of the nation one person one can change the destiny and the course of this nation now it's interesting to see here that Abraham is speaking in his known language to God, so you can intercede on behalf of others in your known language. Then Paul, as I will show you now, and I haven't got time to go into a million different things today, but Paul then begins to speak and teach and instruct us about how you can pray in tongues, an unknown language, and intercede on behalf of those that God has placed on your heart or the circumstances that God places on your heart. So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 to 18, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So when we come into church and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue to you or to others around you, that is in your prayer language. That is different from the gift of diverse kind of tongues, which must have an interpretation to it for the congregation or for the people that you're ministering to. So he goes on here and he says, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. I will also with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? God is not the author of confusion. So if you have somebody in this congregation this size who comes down to the front and he has been given the gift 
Not being baptized, every believer can be baptized and should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every believer should be, have a prayer language. But this is talking about that gift. And when somebody comes to the front, if they give a tongues, which is not, an, uh, not a, a translation interpretation, then we must be able to interpret that tongue so that everybody's not going to think we don't know what we're doing here or that we're nuts. And sometimes Pentecostals, they said, you think they're going to heaven? I said, if they don't run past it, they'll make heaven. And so God is not the author of confusion and chaos. Now we think when he says he's not the author of confusion and chaos, we're talking about a dress code or how nicely you stand or how reserved you look. No, it's talking about in the spirit that if I got up here today and I said, you know what? We're gonna have a meal uh, in this house today. Everybody's gonna get something to eat. I'm just gonna pray over the food. You're gonna think, what is going on here? Hello? So Paul is speaking, and you'll see now, on the basis of giving thanks for the food they're about to eat. And he says, listen, if you pray, in your known language, nobody's gonna have to can say amen, they don't know what you're doing. But if you pray in the known language, then there's no chaos there. Now today, we're gonna worship God in the spirit. Get ready to worship God today. I promise you, in the first service, I've seen things that I hadn't seen for a long, long time. And I'm not trying to pre anything or do anything or suggest anything to you, but I'll tell you, there's nothing better than praying there's nothing better than worshiping God in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen? So Paul continuing here. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So Paul's making a bold statement here. He's not talking about the gift of diverse kind of tongues that has to have an interpretation. He's talking about the fact that he's baptized in the Holy Spirit according to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter two, that he's baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a language unknown to his mind, amen? And that's for every believer. It's not for a sect. It's not for some just isolated little denomination. Every believer has the right to be filled with rivers of living water and be in a place where you can worship God, you can pray and minister to God in a special way. So the Holy Spirit helps us to intercede. Because if you think it's just the Holy Spirit without us, then we would not be responsible for our prayer life. But the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with us, works in the place of where you act, and he will minister through and with you. So he is the one that continues to walk with you, minister, and empower you. In Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, just focus. I know it's very warm today. It's very hot. But focus for a few more minutes, and then we'll get going. But I need to lay precept upon precept, line upon line for a minute or two here. So just stay focused. Don't do a Donald Trump on me. Stay focused for longer than 30 <laughs> seconds. Amen. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. What weaknesses? What weaknesses is he talking about? 
And he goes on to tell us what that weakness is. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So our weakness is, I don't know how to pray for some of my family all the time. I don't know how to pray many times for this church or for whatever's about to take place or whatever's gonna happen in my friends, family, pastors, whatever it might be. But I know if I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will make sure that we're praying according to the will of God. And many times, if you're led by the Spirit, He will guide you into a place of where things will begin to take place that you might not even have dreamed about. Someone might have come to you and you said, you know, last night I really felt a heaviness in my spirit to pray for you. And the person will say, well, just at that time, this has happened many times here, I was hijacked. Just at that time, they robbed my house. Just at this time, something that. And it's amazing how God, if you obey God, you will begin to pray the will of God and God will intervene and stop the devil from doing what he wants to do. I thought about this this morning when we had the first service. You know, many years ago, we just moved into this building and there was a man who was coming to South Africa called Arthur Blessed to carry the cross across South Africa. I'd never met him, I'd heard of him and, uh, and he was gonna come to our church sometime with the cross. So I'm praying as I do normally before I preach in the mornings, I pray in the spirit. Because many times I know, I might not know exactly what to pray for, but God knows. There are times when God has said, you bind that foul spirit, they're coming today, those demons, and they're gonna try and break the service up. And it's amazing how I've seen it and I, we take authority, we come into church, and it's amazing how God stops that thing. But now I'm praying, and God says, Arthur Blessed, I've never met him, will come to your church this morning and hear him preach. So I said, great, Lord, I won't even prepare. I closed my Bible. I said, Lord, I'm not even gonna worry about now that I have to preach, he'll come. Now I come to the church, I tell nobody. Well, I get on the platform and we're worshiping and we're praising God and there's no Arthur Blessed. And I'm thinking now, I can't get up and tell the congregation, I don't know what I'm talking about today because I thought Arthur Blessed was coming, but he's not here. So I'm kind of like, Abraham is there, God, you said he's coming. And so I said, carry on with the worship. <laughs> and about three minutes into the extra worship, here he walks in. And he looks like he's just woken up, all right? I, I got to know Arthur very well afterwards, but he came in with a pair of jeans that looked like he'd slept in with a white shirt, here he comes. So I, I get off the platform, I go to him, and I say, Arthur, yeah, now we've never met. The Lord's told me you're gonna preach this morning. Now I didn't know what he was like. So when I said that, he fell on his face on the floor. And I thought, dear Lord Jesus, this is now getting really bad. He's lying on the floor. Everybody's looking, what is going on here? A Couple of minutes later, he gets up, he says, I've got the word of the Lord for this church. And he preaches from the book of Revelations. 
I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. I can remember the sermon. Our church was changed that morning. God changed our church that morning. Amen? Now, you don't know how powerful it is and how necessary it is to intercede and pray. I'm convinced a lot of me not dying in a hospital was your prayers. Thank God for this church. Thank God for the people that intercede. Thank God for those that are called to pray and to minister to the Lord. And so it says, for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us, I'm continuing with Romans 8, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. From the message translation, in Romans 8:26, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or why or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our worldless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition. You see, groaning in the spirit many times can be like a woman who's pregnant, ready to give birth. And there are times when people carry in the spirit a prayer or an intercession on behalf of others, or for the country, or for the church, whatever it might be. And when you give it and you pray, you find a peace. And all of a sudden, it's like you've given birth to it. It gives birth. Some of you know God might wake you up in the middle of the night for your children. And you think, dear Jesus, I don't know where he is or she is. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm gonna pray. And you start praying and you start interceding. And you say, Lord, I just prayed it. And you're praying in the spirit, you're praying in the spirit. And you'll find out that your child might have just had an accident and wasn't injured. Should have been killed. Should have been wiped out. And at that moment, God intervened. So pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit and see what God will do. Now lastly, I wanna get into this and this is where we're going today. The prayer of praise and worship. You see, a lot of people come to church to be entertained. None of you do, I know that. But there are certain people who come to church for entertainment. There are others who come because they're forced to. You might be taking a girl who's pretty out and you're dating her and her parents say, you're not going out unless he's born again. Well, you get born again in about two seconds and then you come to church, hallelujah, praise God. Five more minutes of this, I'll be out of you. <laughs> Forced out of circumstances. But let me say something to you. The highest form of prayer is the prayer of praise and worship. We come to church to connect to God. We come to church to minister to God. In ministering to Jesus, stop looking at his hands and look at his face. 
when you come to God and you lift Jesus up and you worship him and you praise him, you'll get connected. We come to church to experience the presence of God. In praise and worship will come deliverance. In praise and worship will come victory. In praise and worship comes an uplifting in your spirit and in your life. Some of you can come in here this morning and you're discouraged. When we finish worshiping and praising God, you're gonna leave different. You're gonna leave uplifted. You're gonna feel like you've got the victory and that you're going on this week. You're not gonna give up. You're not gonna walk away. You're not gonna turn from God. That's why we have church. We have church because we love him and we worship him and we praise him. Say more, some of you say amen. amen. Come on, everybody. Amen. Everybody. Amen. Nobody will know that we're talking about you then. Just amen. amen. <laughs> in Acts 13, verses one to four, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, help me, Lord. And Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Having fasted and prayed, I laid hands on them and I sent them away. You see, this was early church. Listen, wasn't, this never started in the 1970s and 80s. Person came to me and said, when did this born again stuff start, a journalist one day? I said, it's in the Bible. Jesus said you must be born again. In the Bible, the early church laid hands on people. In the early church, people prophesied. They had a prophetic voice. In the early church, they laid hands on the sick. In the early church, they prayed for where God wanted them to go and to do what God wanted them to do. In the early church, they lifted their hands. Amen. In the early church, they clapped their hands. I'm not making this up. And as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, separates Barnabas all for the work of which I've called them. Having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Ministering to the Lord will bring deliverance. I wanna share scripture with you, because get this today. In the early church, they had a foundation for Old Testament scripture. So Paul, being the background he came from, being somebody that studied under a great teacher, and knew what the Old Testament said, knew this. In Psalms 119, this is what it says. It says in Psalms 119, verse 62, at midnight I will rise, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. So now we read here in Acts 16, 22, a multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, 
commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison. So we would say today that can be the dungeon of the prison. And fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, he was taking it from the book of Psalms. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. This wasn't silent praise and worship. This wasn't a time of silence. You can have silence. But this was a time that they took from Psalms, that scripture. And at midnight, they began to minister to Jesus. At midnight, they began to minister to God. And they began to sing hymns <coughs> to God. And there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Not only theirs, but everyone in that place, their chains were loosed. And this morning we're gonna worship God for a few minutes and we're gonna see chains fall off people today. I'm not just saying this one. We're gonna see God set people free. We've come to encounter God today. We are not yet to be entertained. We're come because we wanna meet with him. Amen. We wanna see his presence in our lives. We wanna see a manifest presence of God. And they never praised God when it suited them. It was a lifestyle. If you've come in here and you're in the worst circumstances of your life, don't stop praising and worshiping God. Don't let the devil distract you. Don't let the enemy tell you it's not working. Don't let him tell you it's not gonna to come to pass. You keep worshiping, you keep praising, you keep singing hymns, you keep worshiping God, and you'll see the manifest presence of God in your life. You'll see it in your children's life. Amen. Acts 2, 46, I'm nearly finished. And 47, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily, those who are being saved. When the presence of God is manifest, you don't have to be a, a believer to be changed. You just need to be in the right place at the right time, seeing God do the right thing. How many times I've seen God manifest. Uh, the late Don Leonard that passed away, he, he heard about these mad people in the Constantia Cinema. In those days, he was getting drunk every single day. He was an actor. And he said he was drunk that Sunday night and they said there's mad people there at the Constantia, go and look at them. See how mad they are. So he walked into the church, stood at the back, listened to the sermon, stood up at the end, and we began to worship God. And he said something hit him. And he said the next minute he couldn't help it, yet he was down at the front. He got saved. He finished up going and evangelizing from that day forward. Now he was a bit different to others, but God doesn't care who you are. You're welcome. No perfect people allowed. And you know what? God has a sense of humor because he created you. Amen. I've seen God touch people 
They came just to criticize. They came just to point a finger. And all of a sudden, the presence of God. They had a secular TV many years ago. Came in to film us. Those days, I thought, oh, this is great. I never realized sometimes they come to set you up. But the producer of that show, who was an atheist, came and stood at the front. And as I'm preaching, he's filming, and I see him go. He gets up. He thought maybe he just, you know, didn't know what happened. I carry on preaching. I'm watching him now. End of the service, I give the altar call. He leaves the camera. He leaves everything. Here he comes. This is a guy that came to destroy us or try and attack us. I'm telling you today, you just hang in there. You might have walked in here and you think, this is, just hang on. Amen. Just hang in there. Now, lastly, closing. I've said it twice now. It's my third closing, but I promise you this is it. It causes the power and the presence of God to manifest. In 2 Chronicles 20, 15 to 23, the prophet said, listen to all you Judea and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. O you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of these great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the accent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Position yourselves. Position yourselves. Some of you never are in the right place at the right time to get the right thing. Position yourselves. Some of the most significant things I've had in my life happened when I thought that at least it would never happen. Just sitting with somebody, just bumping into somebody, just being at the right place at the right time for something. Position yourself, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites and any height, anything, all heights, Ramites, whatever, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning, they went out into the wilderness of Tukaya, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord. That's the worship team. Now listen to this, they're going into battle and the prophet says, this is what God's telling you to do. Worship me, stand still, the battle is mine, it's not yours, position yourself. And listen to what I'm saying and you will prosper in it. And what he says is this, take your worship team and put them in the front. What? I want those guys, you know what I'm saying? Those ones that are warriors ready to, the worship team. And they get in the front and they start to sing. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord. And it says that the enemy got all confused. The devil hates worshipers. The devil hates the presence of God and the manifest power of God. 
He can't stand it. And they were destroyed. Psalms 100 and verse 1 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless the name of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Stand this morning. Stand up this morning. Now for the next few minutes, I know it's hot and I know we've got the children we've dedicated, and, uh, but they will praise the Lord as well. They'll get louder as we go on. <laughs> but raise your hands. Raise your hands. Father, we come to worship you. We come into your presence with singing. We come into your presence with thanksgiving. We worship you, Lord. We praise you. In Ephesians 5, it says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in the strength.
Everybody quiet. Just bow your heads, please. Just embrace his presence. Just sing to him in your heavenly language. Thank you, Lord, those chains. Those chains are coming off. Thank you for it, Father. Suddenly, Watch the miracles take place. 
Watch the signs and the wonders come to pass. But you gotta stand firm. Know that nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. just begin to give him thanks come on just give him thanks now now you can thank him thank him come on you can shout unto God with a voice of triumph let everything that has breath praise the Lord today thank him for the next minute just thank him thank you lord thank you jesus thank you for saving me lord. thank you for calling me thank you for my family thank you for my wife thank you lord for the ministry thank you for this church thank you for this country my lord thank you father thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for healing thank you for deliverance thank you father for provision Yes. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, nobody moving at this moment, please. You might be standing here today and there's an emptiness in your heart. You've tried many different things. You've searched in many different places, but you're empty. You see, you cannot satisfy yourself. You cannot save yourself. You have to look outside of yourself. It's not about religion. Jesus never came to start another religion. He came to have a relationship with you. Jesus said, you must be born again. Oh, that I might know him. It's not about being a member of a church. 
this one or any other one. It's about a personal encounter with Him as Lord and receiving Him as Lord in your life. And if you'll come to Him, you do the coming, He does the saving. You can come just as you are. Just as you are, you can come. Just lay hands on it there. Pray. Just, just pray. That's all right. There's no problem. That's fine. Thank you, Jesus. You might be here this morning and you did pray a prayer to receive Jesus. But as the months, the years have gone by, you've turned your back, you've walked away, you're living in a spiritual pigsty. Well, don't run from God, come to God this morning. Repent, turn around and come home. He'll put that robe on you. He'll put that ring on your finger. He'll put those sandals on your feet. Come home. You're not coming to a church, you're coming to Jesus. And this morning, give me the privilege and the honor of praying for you. And if you want my prayer for you right now, just quickly raise your hand, slip it up. Quickly, just slip it up and say, yes, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're gonna be included, not excluded. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you've raised your hand, I want you to get out from where you are and just come down here to the front. Bring your personal belongings with you and come. Come right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, let's encourage them as they come now. Come on, come. Come on. Come on, they're coming. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, they're still coming. Come. Come on. Thank you, Lord. We're going to wait another 30 seconds. Come on. I know there are people out there. You got distracted. Come. 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 Paul was preaching one night, and a guy fell off the windowsill, fell on the ground and was dead. And they went and raised him from the dead and brought him back in the service. We get concerned about a little squeak. Come on, you're not gonna be distracted. Come, 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 come on, come. Thank you, Jesus. Will you bow your heads, please? Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart today. And now surrender my life to you. I believe that you are God the Son you died on the cross for me shed your blood for me and I believe with all my heart that you've been raised from the dead I now receive you as my Lord 
and as my Savior, spirit, soul, and body. Amen and amen. Would you just turn around there? Come with us. Come to you.